Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. And if you're just joining me on It's All About the Questions for your very, very first time, the reason I say good morning, afternoon, and evening is because I have people listening from all over the world, over 61 countries listen in, either live or on podcast, and you just never know what time zone they're in, even though I record this at um, the morning on East Coast time in in Florida, in the USA, you may be listening to it uh, the following day or the following month after it was recorded. So I never know what time of the day it is, so that's why I say what I say. Love having everybody here with me this week listening live on the radio dial or listening on the podcast. And today I get to talk to somebody I've had on the show once before when I first started the show. By the way, um, I've had the show for almost two years now and it's just a joy every week I get to join with everybody. Today I get to have Arlen Sorensen back on the show. I think I'm trying to figure out how long I've known him, but I think it's close to 20 years And he's just been such an influential part of my life for those 20 years. And in the recent month since my mom passed, he really helped me move forward quite a bit to move past the grief and and see a number of things that are happening in my life that I wasn't seeing for a long time. So, Arlen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Laura. It's great to be with you, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today. It's interesting because, you know, I talked about time zones and everything, and you've been traveling all over the place through so many time zones just in the last month. (laughs) Are you acclimated back to Iowa? Well, no, I'm not quite acclimated yet, but you're you're right. We were on the road for almost eight weeks straight, and uh, we were literally on the other side of the globe so uh, it's been a uh, 15 different time zones over the last eight weeks and uh, my body's not exactly sure where uh, where it is right now but i can tell you outside it's snowing here so it's different than where i've been which has been uh, in the south and and in summer on the other side of the world I I won't tell you what the weather's like right here today, (laughs) but I will tell you this. When I got on US1, leaving my house to come to the radio station, the license plate of the car in front of me was from Iowa. Ah, well, smart people, smart people. (laughs) You you and and Nancy, your lovely wife, are welcome here anytime. I know you're going to be in Tampa, but you're always welcome over here with me. All right. Well, we will be back in Florida uh, Sunday, actually, so uh, we're not going to stay home too long, but uh, it's good to be home for a little bit and sleep in my own bed. I I would imagine so. I know what it's like being on the road, not quite as much as you. And and let's talk about this whole Tampa thing in a greater context, because I didn't really set you up in terms of business stuff, just talking about how you've influenced my life over the years. You recently sold your second company. And this is the first time in your life that you've had a boss other than Nancy, your wife, and God. So that's got to be a major shift. And today I know we're going to be talking about how you can build a business, how you think about those things, and some plans that everybody needs to have for their lives. But talk a little bit about this building a business to sell well, um, 
it is it is a reality for all of us at some point we're all going to exit uh, whatever business that we're we're involved with so um, it's a part of of what we call legacy and and uh, planning ahead and and you're right I, I sold uh, my first company about five years ago now a little over five years ago it was it was a IT uh, services firm called HTS and uh, January 1st, we sold uh, the second company that I founded, which was uh, called HTG, a peer group organization for IT companies. And this is the first time in, in over 40 years that I've I've actually had a boss now that I report to. Um, in my first exit, I uh, I did not stay with the company, and and uh, so I didn't didn't inherit a boss at that point. But uh, this time, I am staying with, and um, I'm excited. It, it's it's different, obviously, to uh, to have somebody that uh, that you report to and and need to uh, check things in with and and all those kind of things but it's also it's fun to be part of a larger organization uh HTG was 28 people we still are 28 people um now part of a company that's almost a thousand in connectwise and uh you know the beauty of the the uh, acquisition is that our our core values our mission was almost identical and so that's one of the keys to uh to always keep in mind when you're when you're thinking about how you're going to exit an organization is where's it going to land, and what's the future going to be after that. And uh, it was a huge consideration as we thought through legacy and, and this acquisition that we uh, went through. Um, we're, we're part of a, a company today that has the same exact mission we did, which was to help IT companies succeed. And uh, their approach was to do that through software and the platform that they, they have built. And our approach was to do it through education and community. And, and uh, we're, we're a great fit together. We've been working together for a number of years already. But uh, now being all on the same team, uh, we obviously have access to a whole lot more resources than uh, we ever would have had ourselves here on the farm. So it's fun, it's exciting, and uh, it's not that bad to have a, a boss that uh, is on your team and helping you get to the next place. I would imagine, well, you know, I sold my tech company a number of years ago, and I took a position with the company that bought me. and. I had I had some difficulties letting go some of the the reins, not being in the mix of the decision making and understanding all the thought processes that were going on because I was used to being in control of everything that was happening. I, I know this first year there for you a lot of it is okay, we're keeping things as they are so that they can understand better about how things are going. But how do you deal with that whole concept of wait a minute accountability to somebody else? I can't just say I'm doing this. Well, um, and that is one of the toughest transitions for sure for an entrepreneur. Um, you know, the, the the good news from my perspective is that uh, one of the one of the things that I learned uh, a number of years ago was that if if I wanted to grow businesses and uh, really prepare them for for a long-term success, I had to hire people that were smarter and better than me. 
And uh, I had a team full of those folks uh, here at HTG already. So uh, I had already handed off a majority of the the uh, tactical day-to-day and e- even a lot of the strategic and, and visionary things to, to other people in the organization. And um, that enabled me to be able to do what I, what I do best, which is, you know, facilitation and speaking and, and things like that. And so uh, the transition for me is not going to be nearly as difficult because I had figured out a long time ago that details are not my thing. Operations is not really my strength. And, and uh, so I, I was out of the decision-making process at, at the day-to-day level for sure. And strategic level, I have full confidence in the team that, that was here at HTG. And uh, so it, it's, it's a really strong group of individuals that are all very qualified in their own way. And, and together as a team, they really make things happen. One of the things I, I always remember is how you built your teams. You just did such an amazing job of bringing the right people into the room with you and giving them the right seat excuse the cliche, on the bus. But that's not something that most entrepreneurs are able to do well. Any tips for the entrepreneurs on on bringing new employees on and making sure that they have what they need to succeed? Well, um, you know, People are the core to to any business success for sure, and um, you know if, if there's one thing that I'm most proud of, I think it would be the people that that we've assembled through the different companies that that I've had the privilege of of leading. Um, you know, my approach to hiring is, has been different uh, my entire career, actually. I, I seldom, uh, certainly for, for any kind of managerial or leadership kind of roles, I don't, I don't post job uh, postings or, um, you know, go through the, the normal channels, I guess you'd say, hire a headhunter or anything like that to find talent for my team. Uh, pretty much everybody that works for me um, is somebody that I specifically went and recruited. Um, I knew them because of broad industry and, and community involvement, and uh, I knew their abilities, their skills. I'd watched them for years, and, uh, you know, I always try to go after seasoned veteran kind of folks. Uh, we we have a lot of uh, gray hairs here that uh, have been there, done that, and you know through relationship, uh, I've been able to identify people that that really were looking for an opportunity to to do more and to give back and and to do something different where they could make an, a, a broader impact. And so that's how I've I've approached team building is is. Find the person that really fits the role or task that that needs to be done, and then aggressively uh, pursue them. And in, in some cases, it, it's been it took years and years. <laughs> uh, I had to be really patient, and uh, but I never gave up. And that that's the that's the key. I, I can I can tell stories on pretty much anybody that's been on my management teams over the years, and and they're folks that. You know, in some cases, I went and got through through an acquisition of their company. Uh, and then that's cases. where I'm, I'm, we're going to end right there for the moment. We're going right out to commercial break. More with Arlen Sorensen. You should have saw me dancing. Well, we're actually on Facebook Live. I am only your voice, Arlen. <laughs> but <laughs> that's good. I was just dancing to my, my welcoming in music. So we were talking about bringing the right employees on and putting them in the right place. And you started to talk about 
how you acquire through you you've had some acquisitions of companies let's go into that some some more because that's a big stumbling block for a lot of companies yeah i mean acquisitions are uh to me they're they're one of the one of the ways that you can choose to grow and and really the first thing that that has to happen laura is companies have to decide what what their strategy is toward growth and when I look at companies, there's really four ways that I see companies existing today. You know, the first is that the company uh, basically owns the, the entrepreneur and uh, they, they become a slave to their organization. And they're, they're just trying to keep up. Um, and the second phase is that, that people develop a lifestyle business. And, and they really run the company to support their lifestyle. Growth isn't a main driver. Um, the third, the third type of company is is a growth company, one that wants to continually, um, you know, grow its revenues or or its expand its territory, whatever. And then there are a few that want to be hyper growth companies where they trade, uh, you know, trade money and time in the short term to reach some kind of of really high expectation uh, that they can then sell at some point in the near future. But for a growth company, you know, organic growth is hard work. Uh, it's really hard to grow organically. And so uh, here in rural Iowa, we took, the, we took the approach of doing growth through acquisition. And uh, through HTS, we did, we did 10 acquisitions um, over about a 10-year period. And um, I can tell you there was varying degrees of success, uh, but definitely some of the most successful uh, acquisitions happened when we got people as part of that that were key to our to our company's future and uh you know the first one i did i i i did with a a company in joplin missouri and and uh the two areas that i was weakest in in running my own company finance and sales I was blessed to get a, uh, you know, Jane Cage. I was going to say that had to be Jane. (laughs) Yeah, she became our financial uh, leader, and and Larry Heaton became our sales leader. And, uh, you know, they were were partners in HTS with me and and, uh, were there until we sold the company in 2012. So, um, you know, acquisition is is a great way to, to get, you know, key people into your organization. You gotta, you gotta have clarity around that when you do it. Uh, in a lot of cases, you know, that may not be why you acquire. You may acquire for, for clients or for territory or, or, uh, vendor relationships or whatever. But, you know, it is a great way to, to bring on key talent to the organization. If somebody is considering growing and acquiring, are those the questions that they need to ask themselves? Like, what do you need? Or is there something that even before they think about it? Because we talked about, you said, what is your strategy toward growth? Brilliant, brilliant question. Seems like it sets everything else up from there. Absolutely. That's where you have to start. You have to know, you know, that's why legacy is so important. You have to know what the end is. Uh, you know, Stephen Covey has got the famous quote, begin with the end in mind. And as a business owner, you you have to know what it is you're trying to build and where you're trying to go. 
And, you know, if, if growth is, is really something that, that you want to accomplish, then you've got to figure out what that strategy is going to be. And in a lot of cases, it, it could be a combination of things. You may, you may do organic growth in the, in the market that you're in today, and you may acquire to, to either get talent or to move into a new market or a, or a new vertical or a new industry. Um, you can, you can use acquisition for a number of different ways. The, the challenge with acquisition is that you know it's hard work number one um, and it requires significant commitment um, you know I can tell you the, the the acquisitions we did that worked well were ones where we were we were very deeply vested in the process. We put in the necessary time and energy and, and travel to to make it happen. And the further down our journey we went, the I guess the less willing we were maybe to to show up at the other office, you know, as regularly as we did in the in the beginning days and those kind of things. And and you can see the effectiveness uh, from that commitment. So it, it's not as simple as one plus one equals three. Uh, you know, that's what everybody thinks is going to happen. That has not been my experience, uh, certainly not in the first year or two. You've got to be committed and put in the time and energy to, to really make it happen. And then on the flip side, your company was acquired, your tech company, and then they didn't keep you. So that gave you a completely different perspective on... Acquiring, because I, I believe with all the acquisitions you did, you kept the talent and the owners of those, or did you not? No, no, not not in every case. We we had a variety of of situations. So we had we had two acquisitions where we we kept the the owner talent as part of the part of the transition, and in, in most of the other cases, uh, owners were were looking to exit. So they might have stayed around for a you know a short period of time, but they. Uh, they wanted to exit the business, and and so they did not stay. So, you know, that's part of part of the decision you've got to make is what what talent do you need, and and uh, can in fact these individuals fill those roles? I mean, we always kept the engineering talent and sales talent and other pieces, but you know, it's the it's at the owner level that that in a lot of cases they have a plan that they're trying to execute from a from a legacy and ex- exit perspective and so you've got to have those conversations as part of the the transaction so everybody's clear on what's going to happen and how it's going to work i would imagine i you know i've been acquired and i've also acquired companies having good contracts legal documents helps clear everything up as well yeah i mean you you want to you want to have it all documented and clear but but really the key is to have the communication you know up front so there's there's no surprises uh the contract should should really just capture what you've already agreed to and and the plan that you you have decided to put in place together but you do want to have it documented obviously and and have that as as a reference you can go back to when uh, memory becomes a little foggy <laughs> which often happens in relationships memory gets a little foggy it does we're going to be going into the the national news break in just a few moments when we come back Arlen I'd love it if we can talk about what you were, uh, which you briefly mentioned around legacy and planning and understanding your strategy and go into some things that my listeners can begin to do to plan for success for themselves, for their businesses and their lives. 
Sounds good. Um, I'm really excited about having you on. You know, you've you've been through so much as a business owner, and and you've done it from a farm in Iowa. And I think that's an important lesson for people to to understand that where you're located doesn't necessarily drive how big your growth can be. So we'll be right back with more from Arlen Sorensen in just a moment. Welcome back, everyone. If you're listening live on iHeartRadio, you just heard the national news. If you're listening on podcast, you didn't get to hear any of that stuff because I cut it out on the podcast. We're here with Arlen Sorensen, who just sold his second company. He's the founder of HTS and HTG Peer Groups, and we're focusing on that part of of things for this second segment. Um, Arlen, I recently had the honor of spending a couple of days with your daughter Lori in Omaha, which by the way, I left here. It was 75. I got there. It was eight. (laughs) (laughs) That was not fun, but I'm so glad that I left my own environment to do it. And we spent two days doing my life plan, which after my mom died and while I was caregiving for my mom, I lost myself a bit or at least parts of myself. I didn't really lose myself, but I lost certain parts that I damped down and put a lid on so that I could be with mom, which is where I wanted to be and and needed to be. And I'm so glad I did it, but then I couldn't see anything beyond it. And you said something when I saw you in October, not that long after she passed away, or was it November? I don't even remember anymore. Um, You said, Laura, I think you lost your purpose after your mom died. Let's help you reconnect and find your purpose. And that's something that you call a life plan. And what is it about this structure that you created with HTG peer groups that helps people get everything together? Well, uh, one of the, one of the things that we, we have, have uh, worked very hard at with HTG is is really creating a series of tools that that help people uh, through on their journey through life and through business. And uh, first thing first thing that I had to learn myself was that you know there, there's there's a lot of of people in the world that are are telling us that life and business they're they're separate things we we need to we need to be able to separate those and and uh they never should meet uh the reality is that's that's incorrect uh you know we are the same person when we're at work as when we're at home and those things have to be connected, and they've got to be tied together through, through the way we live our life. And uh, so, what we've what we built uh, at HTG was uh, what we call our four plan uh, framework. And you know, we've we've come to to believe that you know, if we're really going to drive towards success, uh, we need to have plans in in four key areas. Um, you know. Since we serve primarily business owners, you know the 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 plan that that they often look at as the the most foundational is the business plan. But but we look at it at differently. Uh, we look at legacy planning as as the foundation for both how we're going to run a business and how we're going to live life. And uh, so we we have a. A business legacy plan and a personal legacy plan that that help answer the question you just talked about. Okay, what so is def- our why? 
Define legacy in your mind. Legacy is is knowing what what the end is, where you're trying to end up. And there's really two aspects to legacy. There's there's the impact side of legacy. What impact do I want my life to have over time? Or what impact do I want my business to have over time? So we're looking at the outcome. And the second part of legacy is is more tactical. There, there's just a number of things that if we're going to leave a, a, a strong and good legacy, we need to do. Um, you know, there's, there's a number of legal things we need to consider, both personally and in our businesses. There's financial aspects to legacy. Uh, there, there's a whole host of things that, that if we're going to leave a good legacy, and, and my definition of a good legacy is it's a gift to, our, to those that we love if we do it well. Um, you know, I had the experience uh, of, of losing my dad not too long ago and also losing uh, Nancy's dad, uh, my father-in-law. And the experiences were, were very different based on their preparation uh, for what we all knew was going to happen, and, and certainly it's going to happen to us as well. I mean, we are going to die at some point. There's not a lot of things we can be sure of, but that's one of them. Legacy is going to happen whether we want it or not, and we can either choose to plan for it and make it as, as easy for those that are going to be left behind to pick up the pieces, or, or we can choose not to. Uh, I believe that, that legacy is best done when you treat it as a gift to those that you love. Um, in my dad's case, he had everything in order, in file. We had gone over it. He showed me where all the stuff was, and you know, when he passed, I could focus on grieving and celebrating his life because uh, I didn't have to worry about the details. Um, Nancy's dad, you know, came from from a different place. He was uh, suspicious, I would say, of of uh, attorneys and uh, legal professionals and and. Uh, I had numerous conversations with him about legacy and, and things I hoped he would do to, to make it simpler for us, and his comment was always, it's not going to be my problem. And uh, he was right. It wasn't his problem. It became our problem. And, you know, when he passed away, I, I spent a solid week sitting in his office just trying to figure out you know what what assets they had and and what what was in place and what wasn't and I took an hour off to go to the funeral, but you know my opportunity to grieve was was uh, really blocked out because there was no preparation. So, legacy is about preparing for the future, the the future we know is coming, and uh, creating a gift that you can give to your loved ones that uh, really enables them to celebrate life. It's interesting because you said, he said, well, it's not going to be my problem. In in the case of growing and building a business, do you think that that comment applies? Because it's not only your business, it's it's your life. You've said that they're, they're one and the same. You, you need to be the same person at work and at home if you're building a business. 
Absolutely, Laura, and and so I, I do think that that you know as it's one of the most important roles that an owner in a business can play, and that is to have clarity about the legacy they want to leave, and then bring their team into that so they know what what we're trying to accomplish uh, as a team. Um, you know, and it gets back to the question that that you uh, talked about before the break, which is you got to know your why. Um, you know. People, people are more likely to, to understand the need for that as a, an individual, you know, to know the why for our life. But it's equally as important for our businesses. We need to know why we run the companies that we run, what the purpose of those organizations are, what we're trying to accomplish. We need to have clear core values about how we're going to live and, and do business and, and the way we're going to act. Um, you know, and, and we need to, to really live by those things. I always tell my team that, you know, if you stay inside our core values, I may not agree with what you do, but, but you're going to be fine. Uh, you get outside of our core values and you violate those, then we're going to have to have a serious conversation. Core values ought to define how we hire, how we fire, how we, how we compensate. Um, you know, this stuff, it's not just pretty pictures you put on the wall. It's, it's the reality of how we need to, to really run our companies. So we talked a little bit about the, the legacy plan and a little bit about the life plan, the knowing your why. What are the other plans that people need to be thinking about? Yeah, so so legacy is is the foundational plan. Um, on top of that, we we build uh, three other plans that are are what we consider to be one year slices of our journey toward our legacy. So, the life plan is a one year slice of our personal legacy uh, plan, and you know we're looking at what we should do in the next twelve months to move us the next step closer toward achieving the personal legacy we've we've established our business plan is a one year slice of how we move toward the business legacy that we've put in place so what do we need to do in the next 12 months to move us toward that and then the leadership plan spans both of those things because we need to lead not only in our businesses but in our lives and we need to think about what do we need to do from a leadership perspective personally and in our businesses to move toward the legacies that we want to leave in both those areas. And and so that's the way we look at legacy is really a lifetime kind of goal or objective. It's what we're trying to define is where we want to end up. Uh, life, business, and leadership are, are one-year plans that define how we're going to live our life and use the hours outside of work, how we're going to run our businesses to really achieve what we want to accomplish, and then how we're going to lead across both of those areas and uh, move us toward the legacy goal. So it's all it's all built upon legacy, and uh, you know our 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 framework is lifetime of legacy annual plans across life, leadership, and business, and then quarterly goals. And we on that, we're going, annual tease, plans down. we're going to tease everybody. We're going to talk about that some more when we come right back from our last commercial break. Arlen, you, you talked about the legacy plan being the overall encompassing and then the annual plans and quarterly. What I gathered from the life plan was even though you've set up sort of for a year, it's the thing that constantly gets viewed and checked into 
Is that correct? Absolutely. That is correct. So all of the plans, it sounds like. All even... of the plans need to be continuing. They're living, breathing things, and, and life changes. I mean, it changes sometimes daily. And so, you know, one of the mistakes people make around planning is they write a plan and they think it's going to, you know, be the way it is, uh, you know, into the future, and, and that's just not reality. Um, so you have to update them. Um, you know, the, the framework we use is, is to certainly look at all the plans at, at least quarterly, but life plan for sure you probably want to look at at least monthly uh, and just see what's changed. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's not that much, and, and other times it's significant. Um, we like to break the plans, the annual plans, into quarterly goals so that we can pick kind of the big things that, that we need to focus on and make sure we're, we're putting our energy in the right areas and, and continuing to move forward. But, uh, you know, the reality is that if, if each of us just accomplishes one thing every quarter that moves us toward our legacy, our life will look very different in a matter of a few years. Uh, you know, Unfortunately, the reality in life for a lot of people is we, we get into to ruts and, and habits. And, um, you know, I, I get the opportunity to talk to a lot of people that have, have run their companies for a, a long number of years. And, you know, they get to the end of that, that road and, and uh, stop and look up and say, wow, you know, all I've done for the last, 25, 30, 40 years is get up in the morning, go to work, come home, go to bed so I can get up tomorrow and do the same thing. And, and uh, you know, they let life happen to them. And the whole thought behind, behind life planning is we want to happen to life. You know, we, we don't want to just go through life. We want to we wanna really live life. And that only happens if we take the time to really think through what we were trying to accomplish and then make sure we're taking steps toward that. It comes down to execution. And, uh, you know, we have to execute against a plan on, you know, a daily basis if we're going to really move the needle and and reach the outcomes that we want to achieve. So many people think that putting plans down is not a good thing, sort of like your father-in-law. He's like, well, you know, I just... I'm, I like to just be free and do whatever I want to. What would you say to somebody who believes that? Uh, well, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. <laughs> and uh, the reality is that that uh, you can't treat a plan as as something that's set in stone and will dictate your life. But you can use a plan as a guide or a a destination, and um, you know it's it's not unlike you know driving from Florida to Iowa. There's a lot of roads that can get you to Iowa, and you can pick and choose along the way which road you want to take. But if you don't know that you're going to Iowa, and you just take off, you're not going to get here. and and that's unfortunately what happens if people don't put any effort into to really figuring out where they want to end up in the future. Uh, certainly, from a financial perspective, if you don't have a legacy plan, if you don't have a you know a plan for where you're trying to go, uh, it creates unfortunately the the reality of the the world we live in today where you know the last statistic i saw was somewhere over 60% of of people in america 
could not deal with a $1,000 unexpected expense. Um, all those people are going to retire someday. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's no plan in place for a lot of folks as to how they're going to, to address the financial side of things. But, you know, it's much broader than that. It, it's about, you know, families. It's about spirituality. It's it's all these areas that people are, are drifting. And uh, so planning gives you a destination. And, and that's, you know, it doesn't have to define how you're going to get there, but at least it tells you where you want to go. I, I love that succinct way that you put that. It, it really impacts me, Arlen, because the last six years, my focus was taking care of mom and doing my radio show, but not necessarily growing my radio show. It was just, this was my joy, my love to do that. Mm-hmm. Doing the life plan helped me start to begin to see how I can integrate a lot of different things in. So we have only a few minutes left before the end of the show. I want to make sure people can find out how to reach you. And you have this amazing daily email that helps entrepreneurs, human beings on the planet do a lot of things that we were talking about to keep them focused and in some ways hold people accountable. (laughs) Can you share about that morning email and how people can reach out to you? Sure. Um... Yeah, it's part of my my legacy plan. Um, you know, uh, one of the ways that that I I want to be able to impact people is to share the things that I that I learn. And uh, you know, I started writing uh, e- email a daily email uh, back in 2004, actually. Um, and you know, it's just a collection of thoughts. It's, uh, got some, some of my study of scripture that I, I do each morning. And, um, you know, it's, it's a little random at times, but, you know, every day I try to share something that I've learned or, or a scene happen. And, you know, uh, certainly it doesn't necessarily apply to everybody every day. And, you know, to be honest, I write, I don't write it for everybody else. I write it for myself, and technology makes it easy to share, so I I just do that. I I send it out daily to over 1,300 people around the globe now, and and, uh, so I'm glad to add folks, uh, you know, I, I... tell people I don't expect anybody to read all of it all the time but you know I find God prompts people to to open email uh on a day that it's it's really meant for them so um my my email address if if people are interested in in that or learning more about the planning for success uh book that we have to go along with these plans uh is arlin a r l i n at arlensorensen.com. And Sorensen is S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N, and I'll also have it up on my website as well for people. So the email again is arlen at arlensorensen.com. And you mentioned the planning for success, the HTG way. Right now, the only way they can get that book is through you guys, right? Correct. Yep. We have... uh, we offer it uh, on our website uh, as a, an option to, to purchase, and we can ship it to you. Um, it's uh, you know it's a fairly fairly long process to work through all the plans at once. But you know what I what I tell people is uh, you work through the plans the same way you would go about eating an elephant. You just take one bite at a time, and 
the truth of the matter is uh, it's work. Uh, once you get the first run-through done, if you keep it updated on a regular basis, it, it becomes very manageable. But uh, that first go-around go is, is, uh, can be somewhat overwhelming, so we've tried to break it down into small bite-sized pieces that people can work through. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to do the planning with the people around you that are going to be impacted by the plan. One of the mistakes I see in planning is people tend to want to go off and get away and do it by themselves. And the reality is the plans are not about you. They're about the people in your life. And, and that's uh, where we're going to need to close up. So right. I, I could talk to you for another hour or, or two hours, actually, Arlen. It's just such a, a great joy to have you on the show. And people can go email you at arlen at arlensorensen.com to find out how to get the book. Or is, what is it, HTG Peer Groups? HTGpeergroups.com. Perfect, where you can find out more about it. Thanks for being on the show with me today. Ah, it's been a lot of fun, Laura. It's always great to catch up and uh, talk about something I'm really passionate about. Awesome. Everybody remember the right questions can change your life, sir. What are you asking today? Hug someone you love and read a good book. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 